Hey, and welcome to the Upgrade School Marketing Podcast, the podcast for busy school marketers. I am Matt Soul. I am the marketing director from Chapel Hill Chauncey Hall School in Waltham, Massachusetts. And I'm Angie Ward. I'm the founder of Enroll Media Group, a digital marketing agency for schools. Awesome. Angie, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you doing, good, Matt? Good. Fall time. Talking <sighs> yeah. open houses. Fall talking... is upon us. The season of change. Very exciting. <laughs> True. Um, but yeah, no, I'm excited. So I know we have a long talk today, so I think we're going to get get quickly into it, but we're excited to bring a whole bunch of different admissions and school marketing people together to talk about HubSpot. Yeah. So today's podcast is panel style where we have four different guests. We've got Ryan Moore from St. Sebastian School and All Boys School in Needham. We have got Nicole Casey from the Fay School, a day and junior boarding school in Southboro, Massachusetts. We've got Rachel Land joining us from Chattanooga, Tennessee, from the Girls Preparatory School. And we have Sam Rudd from Bennett Day School out in Chicago joining us today. And so each of them have been using HubSpot, um, some for as little as a year, others um, as long as three or four years. Um, and so today's episode is really just to help out school marketers who might be using HubSpot already. Maybe they're considering it. Um, it is a tool that is very common in the school marketing space, but it's not built for school. So there are some challenges. So we're going to unpack some of that today, and I'm really excited about it. Yeah, and I would say this is a topic that I get, you know, I'm on a lot of email chains with different school marketers, and this might be the most the most uh, common question that comes up is who's using it? How are you using it? Is it worth it? Are you doing it? So um, I think you get a look inside of how schools are actually using it now. Um, you get to hear some some specific tools within it that you're that schools are using and that you can try out and some that are free. So um, we are going to put in the show notes too. we'll put um, a link to where you can find um, the free trials for things and also the information on everybody that's talking on the podcast today. So let's go right into it and talk with our roundtable on HubSpot. So good to see you guys. Thanks for joining us on today's podcast, a topic I'm very excited about HubSpot. Um, just to kind of open things up, why don't we go around and have you guys introduce yourself? Um, why don't we start with you, Nicole? Awesome. Yeah, so my name's Nicole Casey. I work at Faye School. It's a day and boarding school in Southboro, Massachusetts. It starts in kindergarten, um, goes up to grade nine, and there's boarding for middle school, seven, eight, and nine. Um, and so I've been at Faye for 10 years. I am now the assistant director of marketing and communication. Um, and I've been using HubSpot for about five or six years. And so I'd say over those five years, the amount we use HubSpot for has grown. Um, all of our forms on our website from an event RSVP to our inquiry form are hosted on HubSpot. Um, and it's really our main marketing CRM. Um, we use it for our inbound marketing, persona building, automated emails, um, and our admission team uses it too to do some research and kind of lead generation. Awesome. Thanks, Nicole. Yeah, you guys use HubSpot um, so much over there at Faye. It's great to have you. Um, Rachel, you want to introduce yourself? Sure. So, hi, everyone. I'm Rachel. I work at Girls Preparatory School in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, I'm the Digital Marketing and Communications Manager. Um, GPS is an independent day school for girls in grades six through 12. Um, I've worked at GPS for three years and I've been using HubSpot since my first day. Um, 
I am now also a rowing coach in addition to my role in Marcom. Um, and I'm actually an alum of GPS as well. So really big GPS supporter here. <laughs> awesome. So happy to have GPS represented. Uh, up next, we have Ryan. Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Ryan Moore, uh, and I am in admissions at St. Sebastian's School, which is an all-boys uh, Catholic day school located in Needham, Massachusetts, and we have students in grades 7 through 12 there. Uh, I have been in admissions uh, for about six or seven years, and I'm, uh, before that, I was a teacher, so this is my 15th year teaching at St. Seb's, and I teach Spanish and English, um, and I do some coaching as well. So we are in our, uh, we're beginning our second year with HubSpot at St. Sebastian. So I, I guess that makes me the novice on this podcast. I'm sort of the beginner, um, but we are using it primarily in admissions now um, as a tool for communicating with our prospective families um, and tracking them throughout the process. So it's been a great first year and it was really useful and we're looking forward to kind of ramping things up in year two. Awesome. Thanks, Ryan. And then joining us from Chicago, we have Sam. Hi, I'm so happy to be here as a self-proclaimed HubSpot geek. Um, I could spend all day in HubSpot if I had that chance. Um, I am the director of marketing at Bennett Day School here in Chicago. We are an independent uh, progressive school for pre-K through 12. So we've got um, three-year-olds and we've got 18-year-olds um, here at Bennett. And I've been here for over three years and have also been using HubSpot since day one. Hey, all right. Thanks, Sam. And of course, Matt, the co-host of Upgrade School Marketing mm -hmm. is a school marketer and yes. uses HubSpot. What do you know? Yeah, I'll try to I'll try to geek out with Sam. We'll see. I'm also HubSpot uh, a HubSpot geek for sure. I've been uh, about five or six years. Same as Nicole. We found out we went to the same HubSpot conference five or six years ago, um, and started using just after that five or six years. Um, I'm at Chapel Hill Chauncey Hall School. Um, we are grades nine through 12. We're actually adding uh, a middle school. So we're adding eighth grade and seventh grade over the next two years. Um, and we're in Waltham, Massachusetts. And yeah, HubSpot's been a part of our marketing and admissions, um, really the key for all of our, our emails, our landing pages, our forms, uh, everything that we're hosting a blog on there. Um, so, and it's really been the center of all of our, our data that we report to all of our inquiry reporting and tour reporting and all that too. So that's really become the core spot for everything that we do there. Yeah. And that's a good point too. HubSpot is like a data visualization tool in addition to the many other things. Um, at Enroll Media Group, for what it's worth, our website is built on it. That's our content management system. All of our landing pages, our entire website are on HubSpot. We use it for all of our clients and prospects. So all of our contacts are in there. We use that CRM. Um, and we also send emails out of it. It's also helpful too for account managers to use it, to keep track of notes with clients and things like that. So here at Enroll Media Group, we use it as well. Um, but just to kind of dive into a specific topic, I mean, for those um, who might be listening who aren't as familiar with HubSpot, a lot of people think it's just like an inbound marketing tool. And it is so much more than that. We want to preface this podcast with the fact that we do not want to be selling HubSpot. We are not suggesting you go out and buy HubSpot right now. And it is the best tool out there for school marketers. There's a number of great tools out there, depending on your goals. But it's a topic that we get a lot of questions around. Um, so, I mean, you can build your website on it, landing pages, forms. It can act as your CRM. Um, 
it has an analytics component to it. Obviously, it's not just an email marketing tool, but it's an email marketing automation tool, which, you know, there's a difference there. And so just to kind of dive in, anybody want to talk specifically um, about how they're using um, HubSpot in their role? And maybe even because open houses are right around the corner when this podcast hits, maybe even specifically, how do you plan to use it for your fall open house in particular? Yeah, so um, we're using uh, HubSpot uh, to to reach out to prospective families who have expressed interest in us. And, and one of the first things we did was build a landing page so that we can start to, to capture information from those people. Before that, everything we did was through Ravenna, which is our application management tool. A lot of people use that. I'm sure I see a lot of nodding heads. I think other people mm -hmm. are also using that at their school. Um, and so uh, we really needed people to jump through a lot of hoops in order to, to get communication from us. So one thing that HubSpot has immediately helped us do is, is um, be in contact with prospective families without asking them to, to go too far down, um, down the road of the application process with us. Uh, but as, as the year begins and we begin getting more and more inquiries, um, we're going to begin the process of sending a series of emails um, that are going to culminate in the call to action to, uh, to register for our open house, which is coming up. Um, at the beginning of October. So once the, the school year begins and we really start the, the admission cycle, um, it's already been a really useful tool for us to help track where our different families are. Some of them register right away. Some of them can't wait to do it. Some of them need a little bit more nurturing to get there. And so HubSpot's already been helpful in, in segmenting that group for us and helping us identify who is where and who maybe needs to be sent a few more reminders or encouraged to, uh, to show up because we have all kinds of data that already suggests that if a family comes to our open house, they're infinitely more likely to apply. Um, so one of our big goals is to get people on campus. And once they see our campus and meet our faculty, we're really convinced they're going to love the school. And so HubSpot is helping us make sure that fewer people are falling through the cracks by helping us keep track of, of who is where and how often they're visiting us. So it's been, it has, even after just one year, it has been really useful that way. Yeah, that's great. Rachel, how are you guys using that GPS? Hey, just picking backing off of what Ryan said, um, just saying that we use um, HubSpot in marketing and admission, um, but one of the ways that we track our students through the admission process is that we have them set up as deals. And so we track them through various stages. Um, so if somebody submits an inquiry form, we're able to say that they've you know, showed some engagement with the school. Um, but again, getting on campus, that really seems to be a big converter for us. And so we, we can move them once they register for one of our events and show an increased engagement in our school, we can move them through the process and see exactly where and how they're engaging and how we can best optimize that to um, make our admission process even more seamless. Yeah. Can, can I ask a, a quick follow-up to that and we'll keep going? Um, I, Cause I think like there's so many different uh, facets to, to HubSpot uh, from the marketing tools to the sales. So, so you brought, you just brought up deals, which is what part of the sales tools. And I, that's actually something I did, I did want to mm -hmm. bring up at some point too, is who's using that. Um, so you're able to move a, a family through your own designed funnel, right? So you, did you come up with like a custom, like the stages of your deal? Did you come up with something custom for the school or are you using like the prospect like they have? Yeah. Like so that was actually one of our one of our biggest challenges with HubSpot initially was developing the architect 
structure to get both of our families and our students through the process. Yeah. Um, we use Blackboard for our main, um, for our application and our website, but it um, didn't have necessarily the capabilities that HubSpot has. And so we use that to supplement Blackboard and create a really robust admission experience. Um, but we have our contacts, which are our parents and our students are deals. You can link those together. Um, and then we set up these customized deal stages to track students through the process. So starting at um, lead, so anybody who is, you know, enrolled for one of our summer camps or one of our ancillary programs um, will start out as a lead. As soon as they inquire, that's an increased step in engagement. And then we just have these customized steps all the way through application, whether they've completed their application, whether we have accepted them and enrolled them all the way through the end of the pipeline. That's really cool. Yeah, we um we also were using deals for that. And um, in addition to be able to just see like where families are in there, you're able to see, you know, um, tuition, you can put in the tuition amounts in there. So you can see the amount of money at different stages and see where what um, is sitting at. And then the thing to me, I think that was the greatest that I didn't really know until we actually started using it was when you complete a deal, when somebody becomes what HubSpot calls a customer, you know, and you, you get to the end of the stage, the tracking that you get through like ads and through all the things that you did, you can do some really great reports that will say, um, you know, these Google ads you did, you spent X amount of money on, it created this many contacts and this many contacts became customers, which is an enrolled family. So to me, that, that was one of the things I really, as a goal going forward, want to work on more is to be able to, to really track that back, to be able to see, cause then you can directly see the ads that you spent and what resulted in not just clicks and customers, but actually enrolled families, which is really yeah. cool. Yeah. HubSpot has a great built-in like ROI yeah, tool. Yeah. Yeah. That's All right. Great. Thanks. Thanks for that tangent. Sorry, Sam. I think you had a, yeah, you were falling up there. <laughs> yeah. Thanks Matt. Um, so Rachel, similar, similar to you, we have built out custom deal and contact stages um, and they correspond. So um, when we're talking about admissions events, so that's coming up and that's, that's exciting. We've got some um, smaller scale, you know, Friday small tours, and we also are going to be hosting um, a few big weekend open houses as well. And um, Brian, like you said, we know that when folks come to visit, they're more likely to, you know, apply and then, um, you know, convert hopefully and, and join our school. Um, so we have, we use HubSpot really from kind of uh, beginning to end of, of the life, si life cycle stage. So, you know, someone comes to our website, we use WordPress, but we have actually a combination of WordPress and HubSpot landing pages, but all of our forms are HubSpot. Um, and so from the moment that someone comes to our page, whether it's from, you know, organic or, or through a paid, paid ad, or they go to a um, dedicated landing page, we get that information about what grades they're interested in. And then based on, based on that, we've got workflows that will, will trigger that they'll get the appropriate email from the right director of enrollment based on their grade level of interest. And the first call to action in that email is to register for an open house um, or a tour. And what's nice is we can then set up workflows too, to, to know that if this person's already a sales qualified lead, which is how we, that's how we um, denote that somebody has already been to an open house, then we can actually ensure that we're not sending someone uh, redundant messaging or someone who's already been to a tour. We're not gonna send them a, a call to action to come to a tour because we can, that's what's so wonderful about HubSpot is, is you can use it to make sure that people are getting the communications they should be receiving uh, based on where they're at in the cycle and then based on you know what grade level um, uh, of interest they have as well. 
Um, and so, yeah, a lot of that is then through workflows where if the, if the deal gets marked as, you know, attended an open house, then their corresponding contact will be marked as an SQL or sales qualified lead. So um, we love that we can really segment and we can also then have, yeah, a really clear picture of where people are at in, in the funnel throughout the year. Um, and then we know if, you know, we, we need to send these, these people, um, you know, we, we use a text tool actually that we have integrated with HubSpot, which has been really effective. We send text reminders before open houses. We found that that's um, boosted our attendance rate. Um, and so, yeah, we, we use it really from, from beginning to end. So the second you come through our website and fill out a form to, you know, the day you uh, pay your deposit and, and become an enrolled family, um, that's, all, that's all tracked through HubSpot. Um, and we also use that as our main reporting tool like that you were referring to as well. So we can look and see and compare year to year. Okay, how many visits do we have at this point? How many applications do we have started you know, year to date? And how does that compare to the previous year and year before that? Um, so it's a really helpful way for us to have a good pulse on where we're at um, and where we need to uh, ramp things up. Nice. That's great. That's great. And look, looking back to how we used to pull reports too, I look back sometimes a few years back when we were spreadsheets and and making graphs and that to now where if if everything is set up right which is that's like the the, the main thing with everything if all the the filters are right and everything is there uh you know it gets emailed to you weekly and it is it's set up in there so yeah it's like that's a huge huge uh change for sure sorry nicole um, yeah i was just gonna add on and i think the other schools all kind of pointed to this too, just the importance of the open house. And it's a huge indicator for us about how enrollment um, is going to go during the year. So, mm -hmm. and it happens in the early fall. So it's a good point to check in too. So after our open house, I like to go through and look in who RSVP'd and figure out how they, what their source was, how they came to know about Faye to see any trends that way. And also just to measure some ROI to see which ads I did were effective, but then just to look for trends, seeing if anybody's coming from a certain town, a certain country, because um, I think it gives us a good jumping off point to get through the winter and when applications are due and um, any indicators could pop up um, when looking at the analytics in HubSpot, just based on the open house RSVPs. Right, exactly. And that's actually a great segue into um, a question that I have for everybody is like, what's kind of your favorite part of HubSpot? I know mine, you just sort of spoke to Nicole. I love that within HubSpot, you can tie marketing sources to contacts. Not every CRM can do that. So HubSpot, um, similar to analytics can, or Google analytics can recognize UTM parameters. It has that tool right within its um, analytics platform, as well as within its forms. So if somebody clicks on a Google ad or a social media post or comes in from a referral, when they identify themselves within a HubSpot form, or if you have HubSpot tracking enabled on any number of your forms, you can actually see where they came from. So that, you know, is particularly important in my opinion, and one of the selling points of HubSpot. But I'd love to hear a little bit Matt, I don't know about you, about kind of like one of your favorite elements of HubSpot and, and hear from some of you guys um, on what you love about it. Yeah. Most. Yeah. I can, I can kick off and I can even tie it a little bit to the, the open house talk and something that, um, that we use and have, have got to see that is working well is, um, the pop-up forms. So you can have a whole variety of pop-up forms that will take up the whole page or come down from the top. Um, for me, the way everything works together with HubSpot, I think is kind of the key. And that's how they are able to charge what they charge for this because it just is like everything is in there together it all works together really well 
And one example for us is so with the pop-up forms, we'll have them, we have them live right now for open house, really mini form, three questions. And then that links directly to when they submit that, they become a contact and they are, for us, they're marked as a registered family. So they're getting information about coming open house. But then it also, and this is, I think one of the, we're going to talk a little bit about the balance of um, some of the, the challenges with things is, you know, you want to get more information, you want to get more, but you also want to make it easy for them to fill out these short forms. So for us, where we find that balance is they fill out this little pop-up, three, three answers. And when they submit, it will send them to the full open house page with the 12 answer form, um, which the, and this is, you also get to experiment a little bit with HubSpot and get to see percentages of how many families did this and then did this. And, um, and for us, um, super, super high percentage filled out that little short form. And then when it reloads that next form with the information they already put in preloaded because it knows that they are coming to that form, um, just about everybody. I, I, the percentage was over 70%. Um, uh, we'll then fill out that entire form and then you get all that information. So I think to me, it's the way all those things work together. So when you're doing it, it's seamless. They're dropping on, they're on the form, they're on the landing page, they're doing the form and, and preloads it for them. Um, so to me, I think that is one of my favorite aspects of it. It's just the connectedness of it all. Yeah, Sam, what's your favorite part of HubSpot? Yeah, well, and I, I kind of want to echo what um, Matt's saying. We do something similar with um, when we actually started working with Angie and, and the team at EMG, we created a dedicated landing page where um, that all of our ads are, are driving people to this specific page that we built. Um, that, you know, we didn't have um, pre the launch of all of our um, kind of our big digital campaign. Um, and what, to make it easy for people to sign up, it's a sh pretty short form but we've actually just added in a couple of checkboxes where you can just check if you'd like to attend the upcoming either missions, copy and tour or open house. So, and, you know, we could also have people go to this page, just fill out a few questions and then follow up and get them to, to register. But we found that that's a nice way that if someone's coming to this, to our website for the first time, they're on a really you know, dynamic, um, engaging, we hope it's engaging um, landing page where then they can give us just a little bit of information, what grades they're interested in, um, and then they can also check a check a box in that form if they're interested in signing up. And then based on that, the next page will take them to, like Matt, you're saying, the second page actually then takes them to a longer form. And then I have a workflow set up on the back end that if they don't fill out that second form, they get a different confirmation email. So the confirmation email then will actually, if they filled it out and we know we have that information, they filled it out on that second landing page, they're not going to get another ask to complete that longer form. But if we, we've got it set up so that there's a slight delay and if we don't have that information, assuming they didn't fill out that form, they actually get um, a separate confirmation email that's then asking to get that information. Because of course we, you know, we want to know um, a little bit more about, about their family, maybe what their zip code is, where they live, et cetera. Um, so we use that and then that just sort of can segue into my, my overall favorite part of HubSpot is just is workflows. I think it really makes it, um, we're a small team. And so we want to work smarter, not harder. And that has been a great tool for us to really automate things um, that in the past were, were manual. Um, so the first email that, pe that people get, you know, it comes from a, our, our director of enrollment or admissions associate. But and it, and it feels personal, but it's actually just it's just part of the workflow that's based on what grade level they're interested in. So they're they're immediately contacted by the appropriate contact. We're going to set up some text workflows workflows this fall um, that will you know say within 
that, that may, maybe later that day or within 24 hours, they'll get actually a text from, uh, from us that will bring them, you know, to encourage them to either register for an event if they haven't yet, um, or, or simply to, you know, learn more, take that next step, whatever that next step is for them. So uh, workflows just have been really helpful for us. We've used, we use them in, in a variety of ways, but it really helps us uh, work more efficiently as a team. That's great. Sam, quick follow-up question before we jump to Rachel. Are you using the SMS or text messaging features through HubSpot, or is that a different third-party tool that you're using? Yeah, it's um, Sakari, S-A-K-A-R-I. Okay. And um, it's really, we found it to be really affordable um, and it integrates well with HubSpot. It's actually, it. if you're on a contact page, it actually is on the right nav bar on the right-hand side. You can send text directly through there. And then also you can send text um, through, through workflows. So it integrates with HubSpot, but it is a third-party tool. Perfect. That's great. Rachel, what about you? What's your favorite part? Very cool about the text and SMS uh, messaging integration. Kind of piggybacking off of everything. I do love how seamless everything can integrate within HubSpot. I mean, we have Zoom, we have um, any other email providers. If, you know, we don't use HubSpot for development or um, like current families yet, um, but hopefully that's, I just love the seamless integration of everything. Um, I would say that although I love tracking and the reporting and it's super helpful in watching conversions throughout the pipeline, especially year to year, Probably my favorite tools in HubSpot are the marketing and automation features, um, specifically emails and workflows. We were sending out a crazy amount of manual emails and with a small team, I know you guys can probably recognize it gets overwhelming super fast. And so that whole work smarter, not harder mantra really sticks with us. And we try to um, keep our communications personalized and customized, which is a great part of HubSpot, but also seamless and efficient so that the right people are getting the right messages at the right time. Nice, nice. Any other favorites before we move on to, okay, Nicole. Um, so it's a quick one, just using it for research, I think just for our admission team before they go out on a tour with someone to just check in on HubSpot. Um, to see what the family's been up to, which pages they looked at, what they could be interested in. Um, it can be a little creepy, I'd say maybe, but if they do it the right way, um, they can see a lot of interesting things just about their journey, um, where they've been to come up with some talking points or questions for when they do meet with the families. I did have one, um, one too. I, I think I cheated too. I have two. Um, couldn't pick one. So uh, to me, and one is not, ex it doesn't sound exciting, I guess. Uh, lists to me, I think are a, a game changer and I kind of forget it sometimes. And, but just thinking back to uh, the ability to, so you can do like dynamic lists in here. So just based on all of the information that either they are importing or the HubSpot is just gathering based on the actions that they're doing, it's collecting how many pages they visited, how long they've been on these pages, like, how, you know, it just, it collects the date that they were created and all of these things is, it's all in their profile and the dynamic list to be able to just say, show me everybody who uh, attended this open house by clicking on a Google ad and is from one of these five towns. And you can just live pull these lists, which one become really useful when you're then working with a workflow to send emails to a certain group. But also sometimes just for just for pulling data or pulling info, you, when you get that request to say, we need to know how many 
day families came from within this area. It's just, and like, honestly, like you get to a point where like, I don't know how we did these things or if we did the, you know, before, but it is now that to me, I have so many lists <laughs> that, uh, and I keep using lists for all that. Um, and then the second one I think is meetings, the meetings tool. We, um, we, a few years ago, you know, booking tours in person was really tough. It was, you know, back and forth with dates and times and trying to figure that out. And we changed over to use the meetings tool. So it's connected to a Google calendar. And it looks like, you know, anybody who's used like Calendly or any of those sort of book a date apps, um, it, it looks like that, but it works super well. It's all connected within HubSpot. So it's within the profile. So now booking a tour for families has become so seamless where they just, they put in their the information on the form and then it goes right to pick a date and time on a calendar um, which populates the admissions calendar so they get to see live all the tours booking up they don't have to do any updating other than just block if there's a date they can't do a tour they block it off on their google calendar and it doesn't show up as available um, that that i think again um, kind of sounds like a small one but that was a huge change for us in in both sides easier for the families and smoother for admissions yeah, exactly. That's a good point. And I echo your list um, shout out because I love lists. Uh, Sam, I think you had something to add and then Rachel. Yeah, I was just going to say to both both of the, uh, those things. So meetings, we use that as well for private tours or just um, like during the pandemic, we were calling them. We still we still offer these, but they're, I think, less utilized, like one on one admissions chat. So just, you know, if you can't come in, if you know, this was definitely during the pandemic, those were really helpful to schedule those one on one chats. And we also use it for our parent guardian interviews as we get further in the process. So just another way to use it. We actually can um, to, like our director of enrollment may have two different meeting links. Right. One is for private tours and then one is for when we get to um, January, February and we need families to schedule their interview for the for the admissions process. So that's another way we use it. And I was just going to um, echo lists, um, how I think they are maybe underrated. We kind of forget like that. The, and there's just there's so many capabilities with it. But we also use it in sort of a quality assurance um, fashion. So, you know, we have sometimes parents who accidentally unsubscribe uh, from our emails. And that's a way for me to regularly check in. And I've got, OK, here's the list of the eight parents who, you know, I'll need to get them to resubscribe. And um, just a few other, like there's, there's a few ways if someone's, you know, on an enrolled parent list, but they're not marked customer. Like I get that I'll have it, it'll, they'll be on a list that then triggers a task. So then I can check on that immediately. So it really helps. It helps us keep our data as clean as possible. And to, to people listening to this too, who aren't using HubSpot yet, um, we use the free, I don't know what, what, um, you're doing, Sam, but we use the free version of sales at HubSpot. So we actually don't pay for that. So we use the meet the, our meetings that we do. Anybody could do that for free. So I think there's a few of those things too. You can you can try out in you know the like when you don't pay for it, it does add like the HubSpot logo to our to our calendar link and and those. But um, there are a few of these things. I think we can we can link to that Angie in the show. Yeah, of, you know the different free tools that you can use here, mm -hmm. but. Um, some are just a good way to kind of, you know, dip your toe in and see, you know, how does it look and how does it work? But other ones, you know, the free tool is enough to, to use and to, to run with. So anyway, definitely. Yeah. Free CRM. Exactly. Free CRM, which means you can organize all your contacts in it. And then you, with that, you can segment them. Those are lists. And so, yeah, that's but then they get point. you, then, then you start to see all the other options you could be <laughs> doing and then they, then they get you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Rachel, do you have a, another thought before we move on to the next question? 
Yeah. So I just, again, like going back to meetings, I think they're a great feature, but even within meetings, the difference that you can do for like a one-on-one as opposed to a round robin has been crucial for us with our campus tours and our parent conversations. So we have different admission counselors for different families, whether they're in middle school or upper school, and being able to assign a contact and a deal owner and have only the their specific admissions counselor be a, their calendar show up has been game changing. We're not doing the back and forth scheduling of emails or the over the phones, trying yeah. to confirm and reschedule. So truly just amazing. <laughs> That's great. So we've all shared some awesome HubSpot wins, I would call them, the things we love about HubSpot. Um, But let's dive in a little bit to the challenges. I mean, you know, it's not perfect. And, you know, maybe it's um, a challenge that you're currently working through or something that you've already overcome that you want to share. But what are some HubSpot challenges that you have? And I'll just throw out one in that, um, in in knowing all of you a little bit at this point, you know, it's not built for schools, right? So whether it's one custom property after another that you're creating or figuring out how to get this information into the application management tool, or maybe it's an admissions marketing silo that may exist a little bit within the tool. I love to hear some of your challenges specifically. Brian. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I, on the admission side, I guess the, the major thing that we're still working on is is figuring out exactly what everyone's role is in terms of making HubSpot work with Ravenna um, since there's no integration there. So a lot of that is is me working with um, the the other person in my office who primarily tracks things in Ravenna um, and doing uploads on a you know a weekly basis to make sure that we're we're keeping our list up to date all the time in terms of who's coming in and and also updating, you know, as we go through events, a lot of our registration for events and things like that still happens on Ravenna. Ravenna is still very much our primary, our primary tool for families, and, and that's the case for every school in our area. So, um, in the foreseeable future, we're, we're still going to be using Ravenna long term. So, um, a lot of that is solvable, right? It, it really just depends upon everyone having a clear sense of, you know, and a schedule for how you're going to do things to make sure everything is up to date between the two, but. Um, it certainly could be a little bit more seamless in terms of making those two tools work together. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Great point. Nicole. Yeah, I have the same um, issue as Ryan trying to just to get our HubSpot, which we use for basically our marketing database, working with our admission database and trying to have numbers to compare um, just trends and analytics that matched. Because as Angie said, um, the admission database is usually based on the student, whereas HubSpot's based on the parent and there's two of them and they each go through a different journey. So it's, how do you measure that and just quantify it and always just questioning the numbers I do see and the ROI and things like that, I think is our biggest issue. That's a great point, Nicole. And I think um, some schools I have seen, you know, use contact properties as parents. And then once they move to a deal, that deal is the child, but then Okay, so that works within the HubSpot ecosystem, but now how do we translate that into our application management tool or student information system? Um, and I know, Matt, you guys have a great process there at Chapel Hill Chauncey Hall at this point, but some of it at the end of the day is just manual with that handoff. Am I right? Yeah. So, yeah, I would say that that's and anytime, you know, Rachel, I think when when you were getting started, I think we had talked and um, the connection to what you use. So we use Blackbaud for for our like 
LMS and for admissions. And um, so people need to get into Blackboard. And that connection is just a really tough, it's a tough one. There's some some manual things. I mean, maybe we'll get to a, a point or there will be a something available, but right now it's just you do have to have some point because we need families to create their own account in there too. So we need them to do. So I think uh, the things I would say is, is you one is start super simple, like find the very, you know, basic things. If it's starting just a, a very general email chain that, that you're doing. And, um, but then also really mapping out the, the stages and when a person lives entirely in HubSpot and then when they move to here and minimizing as much as you can, them being in, in both. And, we really try, like once they're enrolled, we we don't use HubSpot um, for enrolled families. You know, we don't do our newsletter through there. We don't do that. We we work to get them there and then roll them into Blackboard where they are now an enrolled current family and they receive um, communication there and they're updated there. Because once, if you're updating information in two places, it is very tricky and only could lead to to errors and and mm -hmm. not updating that they toured here, but updating that they toured here or whatever it is. So to me, I think that is, um, it's a constant challenge. I would love somebody had uh, <laughs> solved it or, uh, but I think that if, you know, you're using two things, you're going to have that stage at some point of where they move from one to the other. And if information is staying in both. Yeah, exactly. And that's such a common pain point. Rachel, did you want to add yeah. anything to that? Yes, yeah, so I um, touched on it a little bit earlier, just saying how the architecture and how things can fit together was a little bit of a challenge for us initially. Um, and there is a lot of that manual work that we still have to do. We use HubSpot to get our families all the way through um, application. And then once they start their application in Blackbot, it is fully, we still track it in HubSpot, but everything communication comes out of Black. And so that was really crucial for us in being able to say, this is where they transfer over. This is, you know, hard stop or hard start, hard stop. And then they enter into the Blackboard system for application. Um, but we have a data manager who we actually, that is part of her, one of her biggest roles is looking at Blackboard and looking at HubSpot and making sure that the data that's in both is correct. And so that once somebody gets to the application, we have a full picture of how they got there. And then even more so once they start their application, um, where they are in the process from there. Yeah, that makes sense. Sam. Yeah, just um, on this conversation of Ravenna to, to HubSpot, because um, we also use Ravenna as our platform for applications. Um, we actually, uh, we have in the past worked with a tech consulting group and we have a contact there who helped us build um, a custom API from Ravenna to Sheets. So Ryan, you mentioned importing lists and I assume that's a way that, yeah, you can kind of keep things, maybe you uh, match the email, right? Or you get something to, to uh, import. So we are using that. So it's sort of a, it's not a perfect solution at all, but it does cut some of that manual work. Um, so we'll take, you know, the, the Google Sheets will update with Ravenna information, then we will import that into HubSpot to then populate, you know, address, phone number, some of that other information, uh, job title, things that we have in Ravenna that we didn't have 
or may not have already had in HubSpot. Um, so it's not a perfect solution, but it helps with some, mm-hmm. takes away some of that. And then it's more spot checking, quality assurance. Um, and uh, my colleague, um, our admissions associate, she spends a lot of time doing that. And there's, you know, weekly check-ins with um, my, the director of enrollment and our admissions associate, just double checking numbers. Ravenna, okay, how many applications do we have in Ravenna? <laughs> how many yeah. applications do we have in second grade in HubSpot? Do they match? So that is also you know, it's a manual, but it's a good, we found that that has been a good use of time, even though it's, you know, maybe 30 minutes once a week or an hour once a week, just also then having that check-in of just checking the data, making sure that our numbers are, are um, consistent in both places so that it doesn't come as a surprise uh, later yes. in, the, in the cycle. So that is a great tip, Sam. And I think when it comes to data integrity, if it's one hour a week, two hours a week, uh, you've got to do it. Like you need to automate what you can, but sometimes it is just making sure you set aside that time each week to really make sure everybody's where they need to be. And sometimes, you know, um, having that, that time carved out every week, when you think about the time you're saving in terms of not using spreadsheets to come up with lists anymore and not, you know, sending the same email, recreating the same email template to other people, like you're saving in some areas. And sometimes that data cleansing, data integrity portion is just part of it. Um, So that's a great tip. All right, as we come to the final few minutes here of our podcast, um, Matt, what other um, questions you have for our group here? Um, We talked about some of the challenges. Anything else, any other final tips or challenges we want to make sure we get through? Yeah, so my uh, my final question to everybody would be, where you know we talked about starting small and i think again just i would like to to emphasize i heard this from someone early on and i'm glad i did which was it's very easy to overcomplicate <laughs> it's very easy to get to to have workflows that branch off and if they have clicked on this but haven't clicked on this and if they've you know um it's very easy and everything kind of spiderwebs out and everything has its own little individual circumstances that can work well or not if um siblings are always trouble if somebody has siblings <laughs> or twins or or you know um but there's all those little things so i would say that that my first thing would just be you know start simple do do some of the basics try the free tools um so my question for the group then i just it'd be what are you going forward a year going forward two years what are you wanting to add to what you're doing within hubspot um so I would say right now we we're not at a point of full email marketing automation. It's it's a kind of a, a hybrid of both. So we have um, the workflows you mentioned earlier, which can become scary. I mean, some some of those are just yeah, huge huge workflows. Um, it's a whole web, um, so it can be a little bit overwhelming. But we right now do have a few workflows set so that you know in the initial uh, someone fills out their first interest form. They get an automated response, but then they also, we do have a few things that, okay, if they've, um, if they're still a marketing qualified lead, they haven't yet registered for an event, let's send them this email. That's a general, okay, what makes Bennett Day School different? Um, if they don't open that, it does get sent to them again a couple of days later. But aside from a few of those examples of different workflows we have set up, a lot of it is, um, you know, I'm week by week throughout the fall, especially, and really throughout most of the school year, using those um highly targeted lists, which we love that the lists really give you um, a good sense of, um, you know, where people are at. And so you're sending people the, the things that they should be that are relevant to them. Um, so we are still using then I'm, I'm sending out weekly um, email drips to we've got one for, you know, pre K two, 
um, intermediate grades, middle school. So everyone's getting um, targeted content. Um, but that is still something that I'm doing, you know, week by week, because sometimes we have a new project we want to highlight. And so it doesn't, so I think trying to find this balance of, I'm still doing some of that manually week by week. And, and that does make sense because it allows me to be, um, to have fresh content that we're not just uh, repeating the same thing or just copying the same emails we've sent year over year. But I think I would love to get to a point where I do have um, a little bit more of that automated uh, instead of just those few first emails that they get in the beginning. So that would be my goal to have a more truly automated uh, email marketing system. Um, yeah. And then also that would still, you know, allow me to be agile and, and personalize things as needed. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, Nicole, do you have any goals for the coming year that you want to share when it comes to HubSpot? I know you guys are using it a ton as well. And um, remind me, are you using it for your blogs as well? We did have our blog on HubSpot and it's now on our website. Um, and so, yeah, the workflows definitely are important to us. Um, I'd say we use HubSpot's email workflows and the automation initially when someone becomes a contact um, and they get a series of like seven or eight emails. But after that, their contacts primarily um, through another service called My Emma, and it's um, all manual emails. Um, and I think we like it that way because it lets us keep it fresh. Um, but I think we also want to do some type of re-engagement automated um, workflow. So it is less manual. Um, so yeah, that's definitely a goal. And then just measuring ROI is huge for us. We always want to have just more accurate data to go back to that either points to trends or identifies things that are working or aren't working. Oh, no, I was just going to say, um, really echoing what Matt said earlier, keeping it simple and starting with the basics. It's super easy to get everything overcomplicated. So if anything, I would just recommend taking a look at HubSpot in a holistic view and saying, you know, let's try to work on our emails this year or automation or landing pages or um, even data if you're trying to get your data in. Um, to be cleaner, making sure that you're really focusing on data and analytics and reporting in that one piece, because there are those free, um, those free pieces that you get. I know they always try to drag you in more, but the free ones can do. And then, you know, who knows, maybe you will end up buying another HubSpot subscription for uh, sales marketing. Exactly. You can always build on, right? It's harder to go back, <laughs> but uh, it's pretty easy to build on. Um, so take it slow. That's a great tip as well. And Neil, I was just going to add one thing that we hadn't talked about yet at all during this talk. Um, and I'm not sure, I don't know if show of hands, if anybody uses the HubSpot scoring or the lead scoring uh, as part of there a little bit. It's a tricky one, I think, because it's another one to, it. it is, um, it's easy to kind of overcomplicate, but uh, ultimately, it's just you set these different actions that a family does. So if they go to certain web pages, um, it gives them a score, a live score. So you can say pages that show a lot of interest, like your admissions page, or your tuition page, or your apply page are high scoring ones. Um, and what you're able to do is then translate that score using a workflow to say when somebody shows this certain level of interest, they break this, they break through this, they're showing you know, a high level interest at this moment, um, you can trigger something to happen. An email can go out, a task can go to an admissions officer. And, um, and just, you know, we, uh, full transparency, we had this set up a while ago and we, I think we set the bar too low. 
so like our admissions officer who got the tasks was getting way too many tasks assigned to say this person's showing high interest and they were just get so so mm-hmm. we had to tweak and that that's sort of what this is is you're all right we need to raise the bar higher or we need to make this page not so uh, i do think though that's that's one of my goals in the next year is to find find a usable way to, to get that because when it's working right you could take a family who inquired and then was sort of dormant for two months and then all of a sudden one night starts going through all your pages and doing that and you could be ready to follow up with them the next day right when they're at like peak interest so mm-hmm. i think that the it's it's one to figure out and then there's some there's some like nuance to it but i think if you get it right it could be a really powerful uh, tool with it Definitely. Yeah. The data you get is, is really unmatched when you think about being able to see what that contact is doing on your website. Um, so that's great. Awesome. Well, Ryan, Rachel, Nicole, and Sam, um, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your HubSpot um, challenges, your HubSpot wins. It's been um, very helpful for us to kind of hear these different perspectives, and I hope our listeners will find it valuable as well. So thanks so much for joining us today, and best of luck with the new academic year uh, this fall. And um, when this podcast is out, we'll have your guys' information up there um, for our our listeners to see. And who knows, maybe somebody will... uh, reach out with a HubSpot question and um, we got to keep this independent school community helping each other out. So we really appreciate you guys coming on. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. I'll talk soon. Thanks so much guys. Angie, that was an awesome, awesome talk on HubSpot. I feel like we could have gone for another, another hour if we wanted to. Maybe we'll we'll do a part two. We will come back. (laughs) Yeah, I definitely think we could have a part two. There's so much content to unpack when it comes to HubSpot and just marketing, email automation in general. I mean, um, I do want to remind our listeners that um, while we had that great HubSpot discussion, there's a number of other tools that can accomplish being your CRM, your email marketing platform, your inquiry management tool. Um, There's a number of them out there. One in particular is actually called Inquiry Tracker. And we're gonna be talking to the founders of Inquiry Tracker uh, next month in a future podcast. So that'll be great. Um, But it's such an important topic for schools to be covering these types of tools. True. Um, Yep, and we also wanted to end today with our A-plus school. So today we are going to highlight the Macaulay School. And we're highlighting the Macaulay School because they are the first independent school to be on TikTok. They've been on TikTok since 2018, I believe, Angie. Uh, And also somebody that we've been been following and we're going to have on as a future guest. So Rebecca Kidd, who is behind their TikTok account and we're getting in their, their marketing at Macaulay School is is running that and she's going to talk with us about what schools can do um, in in creating and running a TikTok account that is both beneficial to incoming outward families and your inward current families so uh, we're real excited to talk to her soon and people can follow that at we are macaulay on TikTok. so so check them out if you really want to get some good live examples of how a school can be successfully using TikTok. Definitely. I can't wait for that podcast. Well, thanks so much for listening, everyone. See you soon.